0: should know, I read a lot of information every day, probably 60 to 90 minutes, seven days a week, 365 days a year. It is just part of my daily discipline. From about 5.40 to 7 a.m., that's what I do each and every day. And one of the scariest statistics I have read repeatedly in the last year, Brian brought to me this morning, and we just have to talk about, it. and that is roughly 50% of people that make six figures live paycheck to paycheck. Ryan, what the heck? What's going on?
1: It is so much to say to, to that, Mike. And I'll start, I'll start here. I'll zoom out for a second. We've been hearing rumors about the middle class going away. Yeah. Statistically speaking, these are no longer rumors. It is happening before our very eyes. Anytime that the pinnacle in this country was to make six figures a year you were you were doing really well for yourself and that subset of people are over 50 percent of them are now living paycheck to paycheck is very very alarming to me and while some of it can be poor stewardship um, poor money management it could be those things I think for some others It just really is becoming a struggle to survive and keep up with all of the conditions in our economy, starting from inflation, cost of living and all the rest of it, the affordability of housing. We're seeing the impact of that in real time, Mike. And I could tell you, I think in the next five to 10 years, it's going to be really scary for folks who make six figures that they'll start to be even looking at some affordable housing if I had to be a betting man.
0: I suspect there are already some cities where that's a true statement. New York, LA, Miami, like the expensive markets. And unfortunately, I think you're right. It may come to a larger swath of the country in the next five or 10 years. Uh, again, I, I'm always kind of upfront with folks, look myself in the mirror when appropriate. And this is one of those times. So I've been very clear with folks that I didn't really get serious about building wealth until I was 30 after I losing 80% of my wealth in the stock market. I thought I was going to become a millionaire because of the stock market and got spanked in the dot-com crash. I am that old. But the other thing that's true in that statement, Brian, is when I was in my late 20s, I was making six figures and I was living paycheck to paycheck. I didn't know any better. When I went back and audited kind of, you know, needs versus wants, my needs were clearly covered, but I was balling out on stupid things, right? We are if we look at ourselves in the mirror, we are consumers. And one of the biggest changes to my life happened after we made this commitment, Olivia and I, uh, was to grow our disposable income. What is disposable income? You have your gross income. You have your net income. Then you have all of your bills. And at the end of that, you have this little pile called disposable income that is in theory, money you could light on fire and nothing happens to your life. You're right. Inflation has made the disposable income shrink. But I think it takes focus to grow. I think most people, if they audited their last 30 days, their last 60 days, and simply said this was a need versus this was a want, you would find too much want. It's hard. It's not fun. You are making choices that may not let your friends think you're cool anymore. Who cares? Stop going out, stop doing all the crazy stuff. In order to get wealthy, you have to start by stacking paper. I don't know what to tell you either whack expenses or grow revenue or do both. It's just that simple. Wealth requires disposable income.
1: It it does. It does Mike. And you know, I grew up on that same block as you and, um, you know, in my late 20s, even early 30s, uh, you know, was making more money than I ever could imagine, but still living paycheck to paycheck with not a lot of margin. And particularly when I was in corporate America before leaving there, I tell people this all the time, we find ourselves trying to escape the life that we don't want instead of creating the one that we do. So you're constantly living in the future with expenses from vacations that you swipe the card on, presents that you did to try to anesthetize the fact that you're living a life that's unfulfilling. Um, The list goes on and on, right? The things that we do, the impulse purchases that we make as a consumer to try to make us feel better about the thing that we get up to do every day, but not necessarily love to do, and it makes us more fulfilled. And until we come to the realization, which you and I both did at some point in our lives, that the only way you're going to fix that, the only way you're going to create a life that that makes you feel fulfilled is to actually create it. And mm. both sides of the, both sides of the coin are hard. It's just that we mistaken when we go out and make these purchases and all the rest of it, that the the result and the brunt of that isn't hard. But it really is when you most people might, I, I would venture to guess, don't hate their jobs. They right. hate the fact that they go to work 50, 60, 70, 80 hours and all of that money comes in and goes right back out. So so you can't see the benefit of going to work because it seems as if all you do is go to work to pay everybody else. Right. And so until you get to a point where you you do the discipline of reducing lifestyle, right, Um, eliminating lifestyle creep altogether and I'm not talking about contracting through Starbucks and I'm talking about like moving from the 3,000 square foot house to the 1,200 square foot apartment for a few years I'm talking about that kind of contraction and unless or until you do that and create the margin to where you can see the, the true fruit of why you get up and go to work and exhaust all this time away from your family then and only then I think you'll have something worth looking forward to yeah
0: One of the things I did, because I really am trying to help people kind of see the power in this, I created a cheap course, 99 bucks called Get Your Money Right. And one of the exercises in here, we're going to do right now together. It's in that, but we're going to do it right here. So let's say, for example, you make 120 grand a year. I'm going to try to do easy math. So again, that's 10 grand a month gross. Let's say you pay taxes and all this other stuff. You end up with uh, 7,500 bucks net, that's your net income. So let's say you spent, I'm just trying to get the math right. So let's say you spend 6,000 bucks a month on mortgage, food, just stuff that you have to do, car payments, insurance, all of that. So in this example, we're going to say you have $1,500 of disposable income a month, which I will admit is probably high for most people. But this is what the exercise is. Take your monthly disposable income and divide it by your hours worked. In a month, you typically uh, work 160 hours, right? Four times 40. So let's divide that by 160. That's $9.37. So again, your disposable income might feel good at $1,500, but every hour you work, you are really only making $9.37. That is yours to do whatever you want with. Now, 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 Let's say your kid needs that $1,000 Xbox or video game or whatever. So 1000 bucks divided by $9.37.5 means you have to work 106 hours to buy that. Wow. That is just one of the exercises in get your money right. We need to stop thinking about the $1,000 item and convert everything to time. Ask your kid. Would you, does I know you want the Xbox? I know you know it's a thousand dollars. I know you think I ball out because I make 120 grand a year. But do you know dad and mom have to work 106 hours to buy that for you? Because we're not going to pay less on our mortgage, we're not going to eat less. 106 hours is over two weeks of your life that you have to give for that Xbox. This is why disposable income is so important and nobody understands it.
1: I'm I'm speechless, Mike. I've never I've never I've never heard it put in that context before. The hours work to produce that, right? Um that's staggering. It really is. Like like if you if you really made your decisions from that perspective,
0: you make totally much, different
1: ones. How much different would your life look though?
0: Yeah. It's that's that is one one of the many financial exercises in Get Your Money Right for ninety nine bucks. That's just eye opening. It's it's like you and again talk about this with your kids because maybe the answer is yes. I need to do that for you because this. I'm not going to judge you if you want to give up one hundred and six hours of your life to buy the X game, Xbox. Go ahead, I don't care. But at least know that going in.
1: For sure, for sure. You know, I I think this. I think. It's probably a perfect place for me to put my definition of poor, middle class, and, and rich, if you don't mind. Go for it. So, so the poor believes that the purpose of making money is to pay bills. Mm-hmm. The middle class believes that the purpose of making money is to pay bills and to get enough credit to afford things, um, in the future that they don't, that they don't pay for now. Right then you have the other side of the middle class that believe that being debt free means that you're financially free yeah and then the rich believe and the wealthy believe that the the only purpose of money is to make more money to then pay for the stuff and so you can make a half a million dollars a year and still have a middle class mentality although your tax bracket suggests different you can make a half a million dollars a year and have a poor mentality although your tax bracket suggests something different. And I think it's just a good place to piggyback what you just said and, 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 and make that clear definition for folks. So they can start looking at the disposable income to say, am I using this stuff to appease my lifestyle or am I using this for the purposes of going to have some money babies so that then those money babies can make some, some, some more money babies. And then that money pay for the lifestyle that pays for the xbox that's why mike has been a servant of this channel for years just trying to convey that point that you should not be paying for any of this stuff out of your active income and it doesn't matter it's not your fault that you're there today right this conversation is to help you move past that point but for all of us to get to a place where we take our active income put it in the passive investments like real estate and allow that cash flow to then pay for all the stuff Because you work too hard. And when you really monetize your time in the way that Mike just illustrated, my God, is it really worth it?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I strongly suggest everybody converts disposable income to time. Because I promise you, if you make 10 grand a year or 120 grand a year, 10 grand a month, you feel like a baller. I've been there. Mm -hmm. But if you go ahead and you go from gross to net to disposable, and then you convert that disposable to some kind of hourly, that's all. You're working forty hours a week for that number because everything else is already committed. Crazy, Go figure man. out yours. Crazy. And some of you are negative. That is real scary. Yeah, a negative number. So,
1: and, and think yes. about when that. Think about when that disposable converts to the bar. When it convert. When it converts to something non tangible, like the stuff you can't even tangibly say, "I spent the money on." Oh. You worked all that time for three hours of enjoyment, and you don't even remember the rest of it. How I know because I've been there, <laughs> yeah. Right, I, I've been there. I, I grew up on that block, so it's like wow, yeah. But but Mike, the numbers don't lie, man. Over fifty percent of people in this country that make a hundred thousand dollars a year living paycheck to paycheck, and I think the other number was over forty percent of people don't even have five hundred dollars as a emergency savings. Forty. How many people we got in this country?
0: Oh, I don't know million, 400 million close, something something like that, right?
1: What what are we doing? Seriously? (laughs) Like, like, what are we doing? I don't know. I don't know. You constantly track consumer spending, Mike. Is that down? No,
0: no, no. Credit card debt is over a trillion dollars for the first time ever. Dude, credit card debt over a trillion and interest rates over 20%. What are you doing? My God. Brian, you're doing amazing stuff, helping people. We're going to keep being, being real. Where can people follow you?
1: Uh, Brian Adamson, real estate on YouTube and Brian Adamson, official on Instagram.
0: Do me a favor, folks. Follow him. Send him a note saying you've watched him on one retail at a time. That way he can keep coming back uh, each week for 30 minutes. Thanks, buddy.
1: Thank you, man.